My name is Sister Prince, and today is July 21st, 1993, and I am interviewing Clara Jackson for the Oral History Project, Race and Memory in St. Louis, which is an independent study supported by the Missouri Historical Society. Uh, Clara Jackson is going to talk about her life uh, during the race riots in 1917 in East St. Louis, and Salima Jones uh, and Salima's daughter Kim McLean will also be part of this interview, and your mother and Salima's were cousins, yes. is that correct? Okay. Oh, I, mm -hmm. I have never even tried to figure that one out. All right, well it is, that's about it. You were mm -hmm. about eight, eight to nine years old. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me who lived in your home at the time. Uh-huh, when you grew well, up in East St. Louis. Well, it was my mother, my father, and uh, it was at that time four of us children. Mm-hmm. And we were small. This must have been, when was the ride? Was it 17 or 18? 1917. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it didn't, it had been going on, I imagine, about a week or more, mm -hmm. because my uncle had a, uh, something like a restaurant, and uh, one night some uh, man was sitting on a restaurant stool, and uh, they shot, somebody made a shot, we don't know who it was, and they shot, and then they, they were afraid, so they closed the place down, you know. And then my mother, on the day of the riot, she worked. I don't know where she worked, but she did work out and she got ready to get off the streetcar and a soldier pushed her off. She didn't have a chance to get it. He pushed her. Now this was a soldier. And uh, she was so glad she had a hard time getting home, you know, because then that's when it started. So I had a cousin though, she lived here. and She was visiting from East St. Louis, uh, coming across the bridge and they stopped her. In the middle of the bridge, they stopped. That was rolled down. She well, she didn't have a chance to see this stuff. But I remember my my father and the neighborhood. In that neighborhood, he told us to gather all the children and put them in our basement. We had a basement. Mm -hmm. While they went out to defend the city of uh, us. But anyway, while he was away, that was early one morning. A great, big, tall, he might have, tall, white fellow, had on boots up out up to here. He was on our porch. He was coming on our porch because they did destroy houses. They took babies and they hit the heads up against the, you know, those posters and things like that. Up against the wall, are you saying? No, posts outside. Posts? You know, like children be outside, mm -hmm. you know, against those posters. And that's the way they killed some of the children. But these this, did you say this was residents, people, or was this soldiers? These were people. These weren't soldiers. These were people. Unless they were, uh, these were just people. And mostly they came from Indiana. That's what the, you know, they said. So anyway, they killed up quite a few of us black people. I know we had a friend, he, this man, he was very sick. They went to his house and let him know that he didn't need to be living anyway and shot him and killed him. So it was quite a bit of killing that that uh, all night they were killing up. Ours went out to our people. They went out to to defend the, 
the city if they could, us, we, we children like that. So the, the next morning, uh, before this thing ended, this great big tall fella came, he was from, we, we say from Indiana, we don't know. They thought he was. But anyway, he came up on our porch to destroy us, to set it afire. And we lived next door to some German white people. And that lady came out on her porch and she said, no niggers live there. And that's the thing that saved us, my family and the group of children and others that were, and ladies that were in the basement. So my mother didn't wait for them to stop the thing. We lived on the east side in East St. Louis. She took her trunk, piled up what few things she could put in there, and we went across the railroad tracks to St. Louis, Missouri. So that's where we stayed until I was 14 years old and then we moved to Detroit. What was it like living in East St. Louis uh, growing up there? I mean, well, when you I were eight, so. Yes, I went to school there. Was Lincoln School? Is it Lincoln School over there? Yeah. Well, I went to that school and every day my brother and I, <laughs> We 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 had to pass the white school in order to get to ours to uh, our house, you know, because mm -hmm. we lived on Trinley down on Trinley Street. On Trinity? Uh, Trinley. Trinley. In East St. Louis. Okay. So we had to cross that, and every day they had my brother and I running so fast. I said, <laughs> I said it didn't look like my feet was touching the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was flying through there like a kite. <laughs> so that was the end of that story of, of East St. Louis. So we've been here. Then I came to this city in 1918. All right, let me let me slow you down a little bit. Mm -hmm. We're we're just getting to school. So you went to school. I went to school at that uh, Lincoln. At Lincoln. Mm -hmm. All right, and um, and it was and you walked and it was unpleasant. Very. <laughs> what did so, they do? Did they throw things? They did threw they rocks at us. You know, they would throw rocks. So they had, you know how these uh, uh, woods are like that. We'd run and hide behind them, those woods until the white would go home or whatever. Then we'd have to, we still have to stop running. <laughs> did you ask your mother why they were why the white kids treated you like that? Did you understand why? No. No, I just thought that. I, I really didn't have any idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. I know more about it now than I did at that time. Mm -hmm. But I just thought, you you know, they just didn't like us. I know they didn't like us. <laughs> did that make you afraid, though, of, of all whites? or But you mm -hmm. had your German neighbors. Oh, yeah, they were very, very nice. They came out, and there's the words she said, don't no niggas live there, and she said it with a mean voice, you know. Mm -hmm. And they, that, then he walked on off the porch and went on somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But they did. They set out a little city of fire, and then they killed up uh, quite a few. We never knew did how many on each. Did you smell the fire? You could smell it, I guess. I don't know. We would have <laughs> stayed in the basement. We'd slip up there and see what's going on. But we were, and we were afraid. Did you hear the gunshots? You hear everything. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. out there. And they would be talking, you know, you could tell different voices like that, you know. Mm -hmm. But we couldn't, 
distinguish what they were saying, but because we were too afraid, I think we were so afraid. How long did it last? Two days. Two days. Mm-hmm. And why did it start? Why did it start? Mm -hmm. I don't know. They had been, you know, shooting off people for a few days before then. Mm -hmm. It didn't just start. That was the main day. Mm -hmm. That was the day that they wanted all of them together, together. But a little, you could see why was people getting hurt and all like that for nothing. Mm -hmm. Claire, here's a map. And here's your street, I think, Trendley. Trendley, I live on Trendley. Trendley Avenue. I don't, don't, I don't remember the number, but okay. we were on Trendley. But this is this is where the riot took place All in this area. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, when you uh, you were standing on the front steps. No, no. <laughs> when that lady's when they came. No, you we just know that, that she, she said that. that she said that she we heard her. I was in the basement. They we heard that basement. lady. Uh huh. Okay. Um, I, never feel, I, don't, I don't even think the lady was, you know, spoke or anything to us like that, you know. Mm -hmm. But those are the things I really believe that God sent for us not to, all that crowd to not be hurt in some kind of a way, or burned up. What did your father do? What, where, where did he work? For the railroad. He worked for the railroad? Yes, he worked on the railroad. Okay. And what did he do on the railroad? I, uh, what do they do? Put waste or something in the cars? I don't know how that know anything much about that, but I do know he was a railroad man. Uh -huh. But he was home at that time. Yes. Because mm -hmm. right. I think it lasted for about two days. Mm -hmm. So when Kim asked you what what uh, what did you do, or, or did you know why they were chasing you? Uh, no, I didn't just go home and, and ask my parents. I'd tell them it wasn't anything that they could do. We still had to go to school. Did they say anything to you? They didn't know. I imagine they didn't know anything about riots at that time. Not riots, but why people were treating you that way as you walked to school. No, we didn't tell them. <laughs> we didn't tell them because there was no other school for us to go to. Hmm. There wasn't any other school. We didn't know him just so that. So you'd rather just put up with it too. We did. We just had him run every day. Hmm. And so that hadn't, we'd been doing that for a long time. Mm -hmm. See, I started, school should have started in the kindergarten. I started in the first grade. Mm -hmm. I really did. And then we both, I can't remember what grade my brother was in, mm -hmm. my oldest brother. Can't remember what grade he was in. Tell me about school. It, school was all right. We had black teachers, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it was a black city, mostly, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So we had blacks, but uh, it caused a lot. It did, after then, we didn't get so angry about it until it was open. We had our part, too. We didn't like it. You had so your I what? was afraid of them. You were afraid well, of them? I was afraid of them. Mm -hmm. All right, so you moved to St. Louis. We moved to St. Louis. And when you came across the bridge, we didn't come across the bridge. We walked across the railroad track. We walked across the railroad mm -hmm. tracks. What did you do? We went and got a room over in, in St. Louis. That's where I was mm -hmm. raised in St. Louis. Got a room over there on Pine Street. Okay. That was the end of that story because I never went back till I got grown. <laughs> All right. So you were still, what, eight years old? Yeah. I didn't go out. Went to school over in, in St. Louis. Okay. Where did you go to school? Well, we moved around because over there at that time they rented rooms 
they had rooms for people. And by us being, it was four children and my mother. So we had a time getting rooms. Mm -hmm. But whoever this lady was, I can't think of her name. She let us stay there until we could do better. Did people know that you had been in a... Oh, we, yes. There were lots of people that came over? That's right. Some of them came. We never saw them again, and some were killed. We left our furniture. Everything we had was left in, in East St. Louis. We and, were afraid to go back over there to get them. At least my parents were. We were just kids. We didn't know all that was going on, but I do remember that. Some things you don't ever forget. <laughs> no. And and did you ever dream about it, Claire? No, never did dream about it. So how how was? Did people ask you about it? Did, did from from in the, on the St. Louis side? Mm -hmm. Well, mostly they knew about it. They stopped them in the middle of the bridge, mm -hmm. one of the bridges, and told them to go back because it was a ride over in that neighborhood. What were people doing when they walked across and came across? Were they running? Were they? No, some of them had, hadn't found out about it. They didn't know about it. And the people, you and on our side, that were coming across the tracks. I think the po police or somebody stopped them. Oh, we're coming across the track. Mm -hmm. yeah. They didn't do anything to us because we knew what time to go across the track. Oh. No, I mean, I mean, were people really running away from something or just they walking? Yeah. They were walking just the walking. next morning uh -huh. because they said it was just as many black killed as it were white. I mean, just as white as it was black. That's what they claimed. Uh -huh. And uh, I heard they said they covered up, they covered the, put covers on the white ones. But they showed all of the black ones that were killed. Uh -huh. Does that make you think that it was only blacks that, that were killed? killed uh -huh. Uh -huh. So we left, and uh, I don't know if my mother ever went back to East St. Louis. Because mm -hmm. I had an uncle that stayed there. He stayed there till he passed. I got a cousin over there now in East St. Louis. So what, what, what did the blacks do, the black men? What action did they, they take? Took, well, they got their guns. People carried guns in those days. Mm -hmm. They went out shooting, too. That's what I'm saying. On both sides were killed. Mm -hmm. White were killed and black were killed. So we don't know how many black or how many white, but they did show the the blacks, you know. Mm -hmm. Did your parents, what did they tell you the reason why that happened? They didn't, I never heard them discuss why it happened. Did you ever ask? No. Do you know today what happened over there? You mean to start the thing? Yeah. Well, they had been picking on the, the blacks for quite a while. Mm-hmm. They had really been picking on them because I'd hear, you know, like you hear somebody's. Now, my, uh, this, we had a, uh, my uncle, he had a, like a restaurant, and somebody came, he was sitting, the black man was sitting on there and come by and shot him. So it, it didn't start in just one day, it ended that one big day because it had been going on, and it was all in July. Right. It was happened, all that happened in July. I can remember that. But I think the biggest thing happened was on the 4th, 4th of July. But on the 5th of July, that's when they had, I don't know what they had done, they had done, but my parents packed their little trunk, and away we went, we walked across. And was, did, what did you bring with you? Nothing I could bring. <laughs> did you have anything special that you picked up and carried? No. 
We just did what Mama said, put them in the trunk. We didn't stack them up and threw them in the trunk. Because we still were afraid. We didn't know what it was going to be. And it was time for it. She had an awful fear because she'd already been pushed off of the uh, streetcar coming from work. And we, she was surprised that a soldier would do a trick like that. But he was a white soldier. They had a man. Were you afraid when you got here? <laughs> yes. We couldn't help but be still afraid. Because mm -hmm. we knew a lot of people that were actually killed. And little children, they, you know how people get kids out in the street playing. What did you actually see? Did you actually see? Uh, no. Mm -mm. So you were very lucky not to yeah, see Yeah, because we were in the basement. In the basement. Yeah, we didn't see anything. All we could hear, gunshots and hollering, you know. People, they talk loud, you know. Hey, you, you see something about your brother slipping the... No. Dog's hole. Yeah. Dog had a little, my dog had a hole, uh, you know, they built, he dug his hole down. Mm -hmm. So my baby brother, he curled up in that hole. <laughs> to, to we were all safe. Yeah, yeah, he thought they were coming in after him, and they probably would have if it hadn't been that lady next door. Mm -hmm. And I all know. she did was stand there and say, said, those no words. niggers live there. And they left. They left. All had boots on up. They must have. I think what they said, I heard them talking like as if they walked from Indiana. Some of those Indiana, they called them those days Indiana Hoosiers. Mm -hmm. And some of them walked from there just to be in that race ride. It had been plotted for quite some time. Mm -hmm. But that's the. Then, that's what they wanted. Is that where we get the term Hoosiers from? No, no, no. Mm -mm, they were no, that no. before. No, they're always called. Indiana's Indiana. the Hoosier state. That's I know, what. but saying that the Hoosiers came over as a, as a racial oh. slur, is that where we got Hoosiers from? But I you know, know, I don't know either about that. Mm -hmm. But I know that's where, it, that's what, they, mm. some were from there. Mm. What kind of relationship had you had with the white neighbor next door before this Not happened? any at all. Not any at Not all? Not at all. I don't know if my parents and they were, you know, talked or anything like that. But they kept themselves to themselves, you know. And we did. They didn't have any children or anything. They seemed to be kind of elderly people. Uh -huh. But she was a very nice person. And that's called a <laughs> Mama wants to say she believed we'd have been gone. Who else lived on your street? Well, I, I can't remember. I mean, were was, they, was there more We black were black. Or, or we didn't have white? any white in our neighborhood. Just that one lady? Mm-hmm. I don't see how she stood there, but we didn't bother her. And she certainly didn't bother us, well, you know. I was smiling because she was certainly put there for, for the right place. That she yeah. was. No doubt if it had been one of us. We'd have been gone. Tell me about uh, what did 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 knowing that she did something like that, uh, and that that did make people go away. They did. Did they did? They didn't know whether the, at that by her saying it that way, they could have thought well if her neighbor was a white person. Did did that did that make uh, make a difference in how you might have acted in your life? You know, knowing that one person like that could... Yeah, one good person. ...can change <laughs> she was, something? She sure changed that, because I don't... 
you know, we have a lot of kids, black people at that time. We were in a poor neighborhood. So anyway, that was a poor neighborhood. It wasn't just mostly black. But was there any time in your life where you thought, that lady did that? Well, I can Well, I tell you the truth. Is I, is, is, the way they chased me from school, I hated them too. Mm -hmm. I hated white people. I had to go to Detroit to learn how to love them. <laughs> and I will tell you now, the best people that are friends I have mostly are white. Well, how did that happen? How I don't did you know. learn to go from hate to to to, to love? To love. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, tell her the story you told me. Well, about me going to school with the white kids. Yeah, it's the first thing you were gonna do. <laughs> first thing I was gonna do was beat up me a white girl. <laughs> When she got to Detroit. When I got to Detroit, and Detroit was. <laughs> Do you want me? Oh, I went to the school that I went to there. In Detroit? In Detroit. There Which is where you went after you left after St. Louis? After we left St. Louis. I was 14 years old when I left St. Louis, so. But Detroit, I had had that hate in me for such a long time. Till I wanted to go up there, and I knew they were mixed. So when I got there, it was more white than there were black. At least there were Germans, there were Jews, and above all, there were uh, Italians. And those Italians are tough. <laughs> so I said, I want to, I think the girl's name was Elsie Galanti. I wanted to beat her up. <laughs> and the, the, one, the black girl said, you better let them alone. <laughs> Say, cause they'll blow your house up, and I. <laughs> so that's the thing that, but they were nice to me, cause I tell you, we really learned something in in East St. Louis. What you learn? We were, I mean, in St. Louis, it looked like the, we were really talked, and we had black. All of us were black. We went, black kids all went to school together. In St. Louis. In St. Louis. So what are you saying? And you I, learned I'm something just, in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when I got to. But what did you learn? I mean, my education was much higher than they were, you know, mm. there, even even in Detroit, uh, Detroit at that time. Mm. We black kids actually, it wasn't but just my little family, we were more smarter because we didn't have nothing but black teachers there, we didn't, and, uh, in East St. Louis. And in, in St. Louis, we had black teachers. So when I got there, I had a white teacher. And it was really something she I'd yes em. <laughs> I never will forget the lady name. She says, uh, you mustn't say that. She was a very nice teacher. She's white. All the teachers were white. You mustn't say that. Her name was Mrs. Lodge. She said, When you say uh, Mrs. Lodge, I'm supposed to say yes. Yes. <laughs> she said I was saying, yes'em. <laughs> she said, don't say that, Clara. Say, yes, Mrs. Lord. Then there's a bad Yes. <laughs> so she taught, her, taught me how. So then I got kind of angry with this white girl. I beat her up. They say, Clara, you better let those kids alone. Say, because they'll blow you bits. <laughs> so that boy. But I want to tell you the truth, the best friends that I've had in Detroit were white. My, I mean, as I'm growing old, as I grew older, mm -hmm. and my neighbors, 
I had one white neighbor, her and her husband would fight. <laughs> She'd come get me now, small as I am. He was a great big Italian man. As quiet as it was, she would come and get me to quiet her husband down. And I'd go there, I'd say, Joe, how you doing, Joe? <laughs> then she could go back home. <laughs> and that would quiet him down. Uh-huh, he quiet down. But, I, but that was so nice of him to, you know, to, and he, then she could go back with her children. Mm. Then on rainy days, I, we had a song about the, the storm is passing over. Hallelujah. She come over my house, she sit, and her and the kids would sing. We'd sing, that's the whole song I could sing to her. <laughs> but that lady was so good. I'm just telling you how, from the way we were treated there and how we were treated after we got to Detroit. But that lady was really... <laughs> it was better in Detroit. Yes, it was, well, at the how, time. How was it here, when you lived here for seven years? It was nice. I don't think, that, I don't think St. Louis had too much trouble. Well, all the blacks were together, though, weren't they? Yeah, they, they must yeah. have been because we didn't have any trouble. We all lived in the same section, just mm. about. Was that Mill Creek? No, that was right here in yes, Houston. Yes, but did it? Was it in the Mill Creek area? Do you remember? Was, I don't know what. Was yeah. It was, was down. Yeah. yeah uh, off it wasn't of Jefferson. Mill Creek thing. Off of Jefferson. No, I didn't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jefferson, Del Mar, and all mm -hmm. those streets oh, like that. Mill Creek. And your school was. It was a strictly white, a uh, black. What was the name of it? I went to Lowerture. Lowerture. What was the other school I went to? No, I can't think of the school, other schools that I went to. Cause we did move around because they were, we were renters mm -hmm. until we finally found a place. What What kind of work was did your father find here? Well, he didn't. They, my mother and dad, is separated. Okay. So I was in Detroit. We were to ourselves, you know. But I'm talking about in St. Louis. In uh, St. Louis, mm -hmm. they separated here. Okay, and so you mm -hmm. lived with your mom. Mm -hmm. and no, I lived with my auntie. You lived with your aunt. I lived with my aunt. And when I was 14 years old, I went. My mother was in Detroit, so I've been. I've been in Detroit 70 years. On it'll be October. Mm -hmm. So things are not. They, we have ups and downs, but nothing like that. Um, I want to interject something. Um, Ski, your my, husband. My husband. My he was raised around Italians and spoke he could Italian. Speak it. I think that might have had a lot to do yeah. with, with the relationship well, we, with, yeah. with the Italians. We knew about them. I knew about them because he could speak it so well until they took him as that. And those, you know, Italian people, they'd have those... Uh, Snails. Snails. And they, they, they ate those things raw. <laughs> Clara, you you had a very difficult beginning. I that's, did. That's a mm -hmm. very yeah, that's right. tragic thing. It be. was because, you know, my parents separated when I was 11 years old. But to, right, be, right to be into something like, you know, a, a riot, yes, you have had a, a lot in your life. And you had... Good reason to. I really did hate them. Hate, yeah, to hate white I hate, people. I hated white people. And yet, you you've got really good friends now, and you learn not to hate. I don't them. hate anymore. So how did how did the how did that happen? It just. Well, I tell you the truth. The church that I joined, 
we don't hate people, <laughs> no kind of people. <laughs> but anyway, I say the Lord took that out of me, though. He really did take that hate out of me. Nobody couldn't have done it but me, but him. But but did it did it happen? Um... No, that didn't happen until I was a, a, you know, gotten married and had children of my own. But and we it... lived in all of us lived in the same white and black. The whole in time. In the neighborhood. In the whole same neighborhood. So while while I learned God them, the Lord was working, that's right, so together. were you meeting I'm, people. That's right. So we had a ride in, in St. Louis, in uh, Detroit one time. It wasn't with one white man in that neighborhood. And we all ganged, they all ganged around him. Gonna hurt him. I went in there with my little self. I said, you let that man alone. I said, you see, he's all by himself, and don't you bother him. And they did. All of them scattered. They're fussing as they scattered, but they sure scattered. Well, let's all kind of talk about the fact that you can come from You can make it hate to, to love. It's true. To love. Because all, all of us have something in us. Sometimes we even hate ourselves. You have to hate yourself to hate people, though. <laughs> You don't love yourself if you hate people. Well, that's the way I feel about it. But when people but do such bad things to you... you you're going to have something, but all that was forgiven and forgotten. Because I don't hate them now. And some of the best friends, I, uh, you know, I worked, I worked with one family for 30-some years. And they, we talk like we, I'm still there. Mm-hmm. See, I just quit my job. When I was 83, I'm 85 now. I stayed with them. They were just like my people. What were you doing for them? Nothing but ironing. <laughs> probably, probably not too much. I, I remember Aunt Annie worked up until her mother uh-huh. lived to be 94. And Aunt Annie was up in her 80s. Uh-uh, Mama died. Oh, yeah, when she was playing ball yeah. with the kids? No, when, when she would slip off every day to go to work. You all had told her she couldn't work anymore. Yeah. And she would slip off to go and work for this white lady. Well, come to find out, she and the white lady just sit down and talk. That's all. They both were old, you know. <laughs> and she paid her just to come <laughs> and sit with that talk. But, you know, day. you can go from a, a lot of, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not hard. It's not hard to, to learn to love anybody, you know, unless they hit you or hurt you or something. But nobody don't, don't bother me, it doesn't bother me, and I don't bother anybody. Well, why do you suppose some can do that and some cannot do that? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, Claire's a very religious person. Yeah, she, but... She's, she's very religious, and um, she had uh, TV during the time that TV was, was rampant. And I think you became more religious even I at did. that time. I did. Mm-hmm. So people who were I was healed. really quote I was uh, religious and saved. Yeah. I have that, that certain amount of, of forgiveness of all You have to sin. I have reached you a just point. Sin. You have not reached a point <laughs> that you can forgive. You see, right. it's 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 not it's not an easy thing. Because even if I got in this church and was saved I was coming across the street. I was pregnant with my my second oldest child, I think. And a white woman walked up to me, honestly did, and never 
said nothing or nothing. I was crossing the street. That woman slapped my face. I'm an old lady, and I'm, I'm a grown woman now with children. She slapped me. <laughs> but it wasn't, I wasn't into no church. I cursed that woman. <laughs> I cursed that woman a block. Woman gone about her being, I'm still cursed. Then I had an old white man. Man couldn't hardly walk, he had a cane. You know he tried to trip me with that cane? <laughs> I didn't curse the old man, I just rolled my eyes at him. <laughs> you had children? Yeah, I had children. But my children don't know the difference. I never taught them the difference between white and black. I let them know we all people. Mm -hmm. All of us are people. So I really don't have no hate against any of them. No. So how do you know how they feel? Who, how the white Your children? Do you know how they They don't either. Because they were raised in the school where they were white and black. Mm -hmm. And she and, uh, and I did a daughter who second husband was white and a I have, son I, Yeah, I got white. I got a I had a white son in law and he loved me too. <laughs> he called me mom. And he would send me flowers if he get drunk. He got drunk one time and sent me two flowers. Same flowers. <laughs> But he, they all really liked me. His name was Bill, and Bill is dead. I don't know. He died. But my other son, my son had a a nurse. She was a nurse, a white nurse. But they separated, cause and uh, but I don't have no. I don't. I really don't. The people is people with me. Mm -hmm. And that changed when you moved to Detroit and became a yes. part of the church. Yes. Um, I would love to know whatever you could tell me about living here in Detroit, in St. Louis. What uh, I, where we lived then it was mostly black. Mm -hmm. When we came across the bridge, mm -hmm. we didn't see any white hardly because we uh, we moved on Pine Street. Mm -hmm. I think it was twelve twenty nine. I can remember something, and I can't remember what happened tomorrow. I mean today, I won't remember tomorrow. But it's strange how old people can remember those things. Mm -hmm. Because I remember when the war was over in, in uh, St. Louis, how we marched. And I had the kids laughing. I can still remember the song they sang. What this was, was the First World War. Yeah. Over there, mm -hmm. over there, send the word to prepare. We're going over, we're going over, and we won't come back till it's over over there. I had my broomstick march. <laughs> <laughs> You had your broomstick. I had my broomstick. That was my, that was my gun. <laughs> <laughs> and and did you do it in school or did you do it? No, I just it was just I was just so glad the soldier was home. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I'm just telling you though, you can forget and forgive. We all the same. We all got the same blood. I never seen white blood and I never seen black blood. It can be dark sometimes. Blood can be dark, but it's not black. It's all, it's all of us got red blood. Don't know whose blood is going in us when we get operated on. How did you happen to move to Detroit? My mother was there. Your mother was there? There, she That's was right. there. You told me that. So I moved there with her, but I was without a mother or father for about three years or more. My daddy was a mean man. He was mean anyway. And he was mean to my mother. He whipped one, he whipped mama and all the children. So I was 
Never your uncle. <laughs> so it looks to me that a lot of that stuff I think is bred in children. That made me mean after I, you know, mm -hmm. they were. I'm not going to say I wouldn't want to fight. I got beat up a many times going to school in St. Louis. <laughs> did, did, any, did you ever ask anybody what, why you were treated the way you were? Did you? No, did I you, never did. Did you know? I didn't what, ever, I didn't ever think, no, no, I don't know. Did, how did you know that? I knew their color. <laughs> And I knew the, the school. I hated it for a long time. I mean, after I was even grown. I hated them. But I mean, with a perfect hate. But I never hated them enough to kill nobody. Mm -hmm. I never had murder in, the, in that hate. I just want to fight. <laughs> just want to fight. You know, um, you're, you're asking her. Um, I think what you're asking her is, is, is normal for now. Now. But it, it wasn't normal for then or even when I was coming along, there were certain things that you, you just didn't question. No, you know, not you, with older people. And yeah, you were not allowed to question, mm -hmm. to ask why, and when they said, none of your business, or shut up. That's it was correct. left at that, it, it never went beyond that. You could never use those tactics mm -hmm. today and get away with it. No. But uh, why they don't like me was, uh, I don't think it could have been explained to you. It wasn't it was, no explanation. It was, it's like certain sayings that, that black people have. You can't explain what it means, but you know how to use it. And whenever you use it around somebody else who's black, they know exactly what you're talking what you about. Mean, yeah. You're looking a little confused. I'm trying to think of... Uh, uh, Some of the some of the different sayings. Uh, I got angry when they started that I'm black and I'm beautiful. <laughs> Things have been do, going worse ever since that. To me, it really I I never did like that. Why, Claire? I'm black and I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. Why? They had that slang. That was when, what was his name? He, they had a picture about him not long ago. Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm. <laughs> Don't talk about Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> that was his time. But he had been a good man at one time, but he turned, you know, he'd been pretty good. Why did it bother, why didn't you like I'm black and I'm beautiful? Well, I had gotten out of that stuff of black and, <laughs> I might, when I first met my husband, my husband knew how to talk that, uh, he could really speak Italian because he'd been in Detroit since 1917. And there weren't many blacks there then, they were mostly Italians and, mm -hmm. Germans like that and Jews. <laughs> so anyway, he came from. He he told me he came from Rome. <laughs> My mother, she knew where Rome was. I did too, but wasn't thinking. I guess. <laughs> okay, Rome. <laughs> and I told my mother, mother, it was real dark. My husband was real dark. My mother wasn't that dark. She was kind of. She wasn't really light, but she had a brown skin face. So I told my mother, so my mother, she was trying to be classy, I see, that's what we described. She had her friend up there, and the friend got married in our house. And uh, so it was just older people. She said, Claire, you can go out and get some of your friends. 
So I went out to get my friends. And my friends were hoodlums like. <laughs> I said, Mama said, so I told Mama, I said, this young, this boy that I'm going to bring, he's from a room. <laughs> Mama said, so when he came up there, oh, the, you know how you see these people, how they dance all over and get all down on the floor and everything like that. My mother came to me and whispered, get him out of here. <laughs> she said, Rome, he's from Rome, Georgia. <laughs> 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 she wanted me to be in society. That's what I, <laughs> I brought him there, Mama said, get that nigga out of here. <laughs> so you see, we we can be mad at all folks. Most people sure. do. We don't just sure. be mad. At, we want to be mad. We be mad with anybody. Absolutely. And so she, I had to take it by if she didn't talk about mine. <laughs> but that's the man I married. Oh, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> and we stayed together for uh, 58 years. Oh, we had our 58th anniversary. We had our 50th, but he lived eight years after we were married, 50 years. So he's been dead about nine years now. But that's the man, and then she grew to like him because he was great by my mother. <laughs> that's funny. Thank you. <laughs> well, we got so, along. Salima, let's go back to what you were saying, that you, you just didn't ask. No, you, those were things that, that you just accepted without, without question. And without understanding also? Yeah, we didn't get much understanding. understanding. You, you just keep your mouth You just took on a, a certain demeanor, I guess, mm -hmm. just as, as they did. I don't know if they were able to really understand it. I, I think back on some of that, that they didn't know, they didn't understand it, and they mm -hmm. didn't know how to explain it to mm -hmm. you. So the ants were shut up. But they also didn't, do you think they talked about it themselves, or they didn't even talk about it? They didn't, I, they didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that if you talked about it too much, that you became angry. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's That it. if you just accepted it, if you didn't talk about it, and just what with the flow, you were able to survive because anger at that time didn't get you any place at all. Mm -hmm. You know, um, anger didn't keep you on a job. Um, I can I can remember one time when um, I was really little, and my brothers used to go with my father. My father was like a handyman. He 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 had a job, and that money went was exclusively for the house and my mother to do whatever she wanted to do with it. And then he did odd things around with the white people that he, he worked with on a job. He also cleaned up their backyards and, and things like that. And I can remember the cooks. They lived on Westminster. Mm -hmm. And my father went there and he had finished for the day. It was on a Saturday. And Mr. Cook came in and told him, so I want you to, to take down those screens and wash them all down. And he said, I can't do it today, that uh, I have something else to do. And he said, boy, I told you what I wanted you to do. And you either do it today or don't come back. And my father just said, okay. And I remember my brother coming back. And he said, that, that damn Mr. Cook, I hate Mr. Cook. You know, we had always loved Mr. Cook, you know. <laughs> My father loved Mr. Cook. Mr. Cook gave us nickels and dimes. And he said, the way that he talked to Daddy. 
And he said, I'll never let, that was Kyrene, I'll never let a white man talk to me like that. And when I get grown, you know what he would do. But uh, anger would have lost a job for my father that he badly needed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can remember him working at the hat factory. It was, we called it the hat factory. Bear, Sternberg, and something else. They made ladies' hats and purses. And uh, the white woman would send him downtown to, to buy bras <laughs> and girdles and everything else. You know, they'd tell him the size. And, and uh, he would come home and, and he could just tell by the way he said it, not with anger, um, but with shame, I guess, mm -hmm. that he would be sent on these errands. And uh, what could he do? Even though they were workers and they had a better job than he did, they were still workers. If he had said anything, if he had told no, he would have lost his job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when when you said that, uh, why? Why are they doing this to me? They didn't know the real reason. So things that you didn't have an answer for, you just for you left alone. You just, and I guess they hoped it would go away. Did yeah. you ever talk about trick or treat? Halloween. I don't, I don't know. We well when, when we lived in the village and we went trick or treating. You know, it was it's quite different. Yeah. Well, when we were coming along, we didn't have costumes per se as they have. We put on old clothes and we put pillows on them and, and all this when we moved on, on St. Louis Avenue and all of our neighbors were white. And we went trick-or-treating. And they would have us dancing. Come on, let me let me see you dance. <laughs> <laughs> and we clown for them. We put on a show and, and we danced and we did whatever they wanted us to do. And we didn't know at the time that that was demeaning, what they had us doing. And uh, we came back and we told our parents what we had to do. I can't remember them ever telling us not to do it or not to go out trick-or-treating anymore, you know. And uh, it was just something that we did. It was, they you know, it was, it was only later. Mm -hmm. And, uh, much later in life, uh, Kim was allowed to question anything or to, or to bring anything to me. But even she had difficulty doing the same thing with my mother. My mother was able to break down some with her. But, you know, it was just shut up. And you don't need to know. Or you'll find out when you're older. Older, yeah. Yeah. What, when they said shut up, or you don't need to know, what did you feel? What Nothing. did you think? <laughs> you accepted that. <laughs> to do otherwise meant <laughs> a beating. Well, I know, but inside, what were you, what did you Well, you were told it so often, yeah. it became part of life. Mm -hmm. Which and I found, I, I feel like that affected me when I was in school, because it was always, be quiet, don't ask all those questions. And when I was at Mary I, Although I got good grades, the comments were always that she doesn't participate in class. She doesn't ask questions. Well, I was used to, you're not supposed to, you know, you're told what you need to know. Mm -hmm. Or it's in the book, so you're not. 
and I remember that pressure of always feeling like at school to, you know, I it was I had no concept because I didn't have a question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That that is true. That is true. That yeah. that teacher's office said you didn't you didn't participate in class, and uh, but you were not allowed to participate at home. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like standard office procedure. Um, I'm, I'm sure we, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I can remember feeling bad sometimes, but there was nothing that I could do about it. Did you feel more anger at your parents? Like, yeah, why don't they? Yeah, tell me. Yeah, you know what. And, and the, but you get I used to it. Yeah, you get used to it after a while, but, but my anger was more with them for not explaining to me why different things went on or didn't happen. But then after a while, you, you, become, you become conditioned to it. Um, because to continue to ask, but, you know, as kids say now, but why? Right. But why? And, you know, Kim said that, but why? And we thought, we thought Kim was the craziest kid when she came along. And then everybody thought I was crazy because I would say, because so much, so much, so much. And then I try to go into another explanation, something that she would finally accept. And they'd say, tell her to shut up. Yeah, you know, and that's what I was told. Just tell her to shut up, you know, because that's how I was raised, you know, just to shut up. I don't know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't know whether that was from way, way back, but now, they, you, you can explain to your parents. We've come a long way, but the ways we've come now, mm -mm, they're not good at all. How we, how the parents are doing with the children now, I think it's because there's too many children having children, and the children seeing what's going on today. It's it's rough on all races. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. On all races, it's bad. They don't know, but that's the one thing that we were taught. I know they were, white kids would say, why? Why? Well, we never did say why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were scared to say for mm -hmm. why. Because mm -hmm. we would be meddling with their business or yeah. something if we said why. But I have noticed all through life that they will look up at their parents and they say, why? Why? And then if the mother, she tries to explain, but we didn't have all of that. Mm -hmm. See, our, our parents were pulled back from slavery. And I thought those people did the very best they could back oh, there. Yeah. But as we uh, times get better, through the well, I say the the ninth, the twenties, thirties, and the forties were about the best. And from them on, from those years on, everybody does just what he wants to do, kids and all. Mm -hmm. You talk about all all races, all races. All races. We have them there, there in Detroit. The white is just as black. Uh, only thing, <clears throat> the difference is the white have more money to buy the dope. We blacks have to steal and do everything else we want to do to get the dope. Mm -hmm. And it is brought in. I know that dope is brought in by rich white people. It's not brought in by black folk. Because they said, <laughs> I read in, in the paper the other day where they had run this uh, dope up the man's rectum. And he was, did you all read that? No. It was in our newspaper. And he, sit, by him sitting on the, it, the mother and the son, they were sitting in the, in the airplane on the seat, and they had a dog in there. And that dog smelled it. 
And when he spelled it, they read, when they got off of that, uh, a sh I mean, the airplane, they put mom and dad, uh, son in jail. They had, now you see how it's smart, but they're the ones that that's bringing it in. Smuggling it in. Yes, the dogs smelled it. Because they were bringing it in, I forget what country they were bringing it in from. But years ago, I don't think these, what are they? They are, these, uh, what are they? Chinese people. Mm -hmm. Years ago, they stopped that by shooting, standing up against the wall and shooting them. But they don't do that anymore. <laughs> no. You know, you know your history, Claire. <laughs> I'm an old lady, I'm 85 years old. No more back there than I do up here. <laughs> but you know, but I, I think another thing probably had to do with authority. You did not question the authority of your parents. No, whatever they and, said. And I think that was the only place where they had control was in the house. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah. I think that had a lot to do with it. And we sit there and look at them. Some of them, in those days, they'd say, get out of here. They don't want to hear what they're talking about, you know. So we didn't know exactly what they were saying because we had to get, you know, I suppose we'd be standing, we'd try to stand a bit, mouth wide open looking to see what they were saying. I can, yeah, I can <laughs> even remember how when Kim would say, buy me this, buy me that, buy me, buy me, buy me. And I, I decided to, I even let her pay bills one time. So you write out the checks. <laughs> but I would sit her down, this is what it has to come out here. And uh, Kim got social security from her dad, and she said, what about my money? <laughs> said, this is where your money had to go. My mother had a fit. <laughs> she did. What you did she need to know about your business? You know, we never knew. We never knew how much my father made. We never knew what anything cost that was, that's none of your business. That's right. <laughs> uh, the only thing you, you knew what cost was when you were sent to the store to pick up an item. But other than that, as far as rent or, or house note or, they kept all those things from you. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was grown that I realized that, that when we moved on St. Louis Avenue, my father made $32 a week. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> and my father had two house notes to pay. And my mother could not get the gas turned on because we came from Cross Square Village where all the utilities were included. And she couldn't get the gas turned on. And she was under the assumption that gas was really expensive anyway. So she had an electric skillet. And all three meals was cooked out of this one electric skillet. <laughs> and this went on for three or four months, I guess. And I I always thought, I'm, I'm like the people on, in Living Color, I always thought my mother was cheap. <laughs> and I didn't know that, that they had to stretch that money mm -hmm. to make these two house notes, to uh, pay the utilities, to buy us clothes. You know, when I wanted new shoes, you know, she just didn't want me to have those shoes. And I didn't know what, what a pair of shoes was costing her. She and, didn't explain. Right, she never explained. So, you know, the kids weren't sympathetic. You got mad with your parents because they wouldn't give you certain things. You know, you didn't know the bad that they were in. You know, and, and when you got, uh, when she fried uh, chicken and you only got one piece, you, you just got mad. You know, won't let me eat chicken. <laughs> 
I didn't know how it had to be stretched. Why do you suppose they, they didn't explain? Because you were a kid, you would not grow. And because you said before, because that's the one place where they, they were the control. boss. Yeah. And maybe they were, without meaning to, treating you like they were. Right. Yeah. It's like on, you know, they couldn't ask questions on their job. Even if something made no sense, if there was an easier way to do it, they could never say that. They had to do it the way that they were told to do it. Do you think they were doing it to you consciously or unconsciously? I think unconsciously. They didn't know. But I, I think they felt that this, this is... This is my house. And, and we were reminded, Kim said that I always did that to her too. This is my house. And if you don't like the rules, when you turn 18, you can leave. No, Consequently. <laughs> did you, did my, she put you out before? No, she threatened all <laughs> But my brothers, I knew she could go to my, my mothers. My brothers, each one of them, when they got 18, and did not want to follow the rules. They all joined the service. And that's what happened to all the black boys. You know, you, you had to get out of that house because, you know, you were constantly reminded, this is my house. Well, why do you uh, open the blinds this way because it's my house? It wasn't because the sun was coming. You never got an explanation like that. It's my house. Uh, why do you want the dishes? What is my? Those are my dishes. My dishwater. This is mine. This is my domain. You know you, and and I, I guess there was a certain comfort. This is my. I control this. I, once I step out that door, I no longer have control. But inside 4947 <laughs> St. Louis Avenue, I control everything in here. And and even today, my father. You can take something over there and put it in the refrigerator. And if he wants it, he'll eat it. He said, this is my refrigerator. <laughs> Anything that's in here, I can eat because it's mine. <laughs> Which is too, I, you know, like when I lived in L.A. and people would say, well, where's your home? And I'd say, I'd give my address in L.A. And he'd say, no, but where's your home? And I said, that is my home. Because you always knew in your parents' house that that was their house. That was not your house. You know, and so now we're building, you know, we're creating a house, but that was, you never had a quote, home, because your parents always made that clear. And you really felt it. Yeah. And even if you came back, you know, when, when I moved back after Kim's father and I broke up, I, I still wasn't treated as an adult. You're never treated as an adult in your parents' home. That's true. Mm -hmm. I can remember. I can and, relate to that. Yeah. And so you, you still had to, I can remember telling my mother, well, she was like, I want you home at 11 o'clock. I said, but I'm grown. She said, not here. <laughs> Never grew up. Only two grown people here. That's me and your father. Mm. And uh, so I, I still had a curfew mm -hmm. up until the time I left. And immediately when I got my place, it was, this is my, my place. place. <laughs> you know, that, that's something that hurt me. A few years ago, when um, I asked for my bed, mm -hmm. the, you know, I had a canopy set, the whole little white, and I asked for it when I got an apartment, and she said, "No, that's that was that's not yours." I said, "But it, it was my bed and my bedroom. I grew up on it." And she said, "No, you slept on that. You used that. That that is mine." 
And that was something that hurt me later on when, when I thought about it too. And I helped her to get a bed. But then I thought about it and I said, you know, she had every right because I bought the bed specifically for her. Mm. And, and I really should have given her that bed. But at that time, it was too late then. No Did wonder. No. no. So, I yeah. <laughs> well, no wonder she came to my house to visit in Detroit. And uh, <laughs> Kim or Salima? Both of us. But Kim. She was, little. she was small. So she had slept in our bed the night before. So we had a bed for her. But here, my husband and I laying in the bed, trying to go to sleep. She come in and put her hand on the hip. You get out of my bed. <laughs> That tickle him to death. He put us on our own. <laughs> he got up just on the little half of it. Think we must be glad she went on. <laughs> so, Clara, the things that Salima and Kim are talking about, do you feel that that's a. Well, that was bred from years back. We, the, the thing, what we think now, we think we're being smarter by doing the things that we are doing now. I, I approve of going to that school business, for them going to school. But they were schools? Yes, I do. I, I you know, agree with school. But some of the things that they took back there, they, they, they think they're growing out of it. The, 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 like her, if she was, uh, had any children. And the children are getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. They aren't getting any better. I don't think we're getting any better. Only those that are trying to go to school, and then they can get better jobs, and then they can live better. See, because some of us, when I was a girl, I have nice beds to sleep in now. But back there, our parents didn't have anything. We weren't afraid to go away from the house because we didn't have nothing in there for anybody to come in and steal. And now the system is much better, you know. And we want, our children want what we didn't have. And they, some of them are trying to get it from any, any kind of way. And the older people, instead of trying to teach these children how to be kind and, to, and, and all that to one another, we aren't doing it anymore. Just like you say, the, coming back to this dope business, in Detroit, if all they riding in these big limousines and things like that, and they come by and they steal yours if you had one, and they do everything that they want to do out of this little money that they getting from dope, and that dope money is really safe enough. If I came up with a lot of brand new pretty furniture, I took that from my child. We shouldn't do that. And my child came and give me. I never let my child give me nothing. Not in not nothing that he couldn't afford to buy, and that's what's causing a lot of this thing. Little bitty little fellas like this, they have sometimes a thousand dollars in their pocket. Those big dope dealers is coming. I really am. I don't think that's going to stop. I think everything has to stop, but I don't believe they can do anything about it now, unless they start shooting each other up. And there we are, our children shooting each other up instead of. Money, I say money is the, it's the root of evil. Why are they shooting each other up? Well, say for an answer, instance, 
if you don't have that money that they know you're supposed to have in your to give them to the dealers, mm -hmm. the one that's dealing it out, they tell you kill your daddy, kill your mother. All of that is in in the picture today, and that's the one thing I don't see is coming out. We have come out from a slavery time stuff. We have. You all did. But this race, this this generation is coming up. It's not just black. It's white and black. Mm -hmm. This generation is coming up. How are we going to get them out of that? I won't be here to see it, but how? Well, well, you know, during that no question period, uh, parents still have, did have better control over their children. Over their kids. But I, now we I don't. Can, I can remember just maybe, I can remember one time.